And so this morning, Exodus chapter 7, and last week we spent some time there on the God-hardened hearts. And we see from the Bible how that process happens, that God never hardens your heart against your will. And so Pharaoh, we've seen Pharaoh, he wanted to harden his heart. He wanted to go against God. He was definitely not going to listen to the God. He even said, who's the Lord that I should obey his voice? And so that was his mindset on it. And, uh, and, and I, I, I meant to say this, at least I thought about this uh, uh, afterwards. Uh, you need to understand, this is part of the context that everybody that got off the ark, Shem, Ham, Japheth, and Noah, all worshiped the one true God. And if you're sitting here today, you're a descendant of either Shem, Ham, or Japheth. And when they got off the ark, there was only one, <laughs> one religious belief. There was only one way to worship. And then through time, you get some uh, hundreds of years later, you got Pharaoh sitting on a throne in Egypt saying, Who is the Lord? Somebody somewhere made a conscious decision to say, you know what, I'm just not going to worship the God of Noah no more. I'm not going to worship and have church like Shem, Ham, and Japheth did. And they begin to turn away from God. They begin to resist God's truth and God's way. And if you don't understand that or don't have that as part of your thinking, when you come to a place like this, you walk away thinking God's unjust and not right. And I got news for you, our God is just and he is right, he doeth all things well. It's man that rejects God because this Bible says that men, they love darkness rather than light. And he says because their deeds are evil. But now we're going to get down about verse 8, Exodus chapter 7. And we need to deal with a couple of men here that uh, you are not going to find their names in this text. You say, well, then how do you know they're there? Because there's 65 other books of the Bible, not including Exodus, and God tells you who these two magicians are uh, that stand up to oppose the man of God, Moses. Now let's read a, a, bit, a little bit here. Verse 8 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you. Then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take the rod, cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh, and they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. There they are. Now the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments, for they cast down every man his rod, and they become serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Note the superiority of God's power. And he hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. And the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened, he refuses to let the people go. Let us pray this morning. Our gracious Father, we come, we thank you now. Lord, help us today. Lord, as we look at the Scripture, this is uh, your word. Lord, uh, uh, cleanse me, wash me in your blood. Uh, let the Holy Spirit speak through me today. Lord, if there be lost people, help them not to harden their heart against you. If there be backslid people, help them 
to come back to Christ. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Now, the passage or the phrase that I want to look at this morning, spend the bulk of my time, is verse 11. He says in verse 11, when, when Moses and Aaron, they come in and said, let my people go. And of course, Pharaoh says, I need to see a miracle. Uh, Pharaoh was worshipped as a god, but he was also a polytheist. And his problem was, he said, who's the Lord that I shall obey his voice? He didn't mean that as he didn't know about God. It's just he didn't think one God was better or more powerful than another God. He was polytheistic in his view. And so he says, he looks at this miracle and he says, Ah, oh, is that the best you can do? I've seen that. You know how us uh, country folks are. You know, somebody says, well, I can do this. And you kind of say, ah, look, look at this. Let, let, I'll show you what I can do. That's what Pharaoh's doing here. He says, uh, he, he looks at that snake, at that rod that, that um, Aaron threw down there and, and it turned into, a, I always think of a king cobra, you know. It's, it's one of the ferocious snakes. And it's a snake that eats other snakes, if my memory serves me correct. And so Pharaoh, he's looking at there. Now, if somebody throws down a stick in front of me and that thing turns into a cobra, I got news for you. Where do you want the door? Because this fat boy is going to make one. I don't want nothing to do with no kind of snake. I don't want nothing to do definitely with no cobra. I don't even know if we got anti-venom for that or, or, or mambas or anything else, uh, let alone a rattlesnake. And they always telling me, now be careful when you walk out in the woods. We got rattlesnakes around here and I, I, don't, I don't like them either. And I'm cautious of people that like snakes. Mm, I don't like them. I don't mind looking at them in a zoo because they're behind glass, but that's it. That's all. And if I ever come to your house and you got one for a pet, don't you ask if I want to see that thing because I'm gone. I don't care if I'm in the middle of homemade pizza. I'm out of there. I'm gone. So if you want to get rid of me, say, hey, you want to see my pet snake? Nope. Out. See you. Got to go. <laughs> I got another appointment. But Pharaoh looks at this and he says, ah. Oh, Get them sorcerers in here, boys. Uh, and he says, those guys come in there and they cast their sticks down and they become snakes. Now, if you're reading some, after the commentators, just about every one of them says, well, these guys, uh, uh, they really didn't turn that stick into a snake. Uh, they, they had a sleight of hand and they had the ability to make a stake stiff like a stick. And then when they threw it down, it come out of its trance and it become a snake. I got news for you. Those boys are smoking bad doobie somewhere. Uh, the devil has power, and we're going to see that from Scripture this morning. And, uh, and the Bible tells you there, now if you're still trying to figure out where in the world we get Janus and Jambres, that would be in 2 Timothy chapter 3, about verse 8. And he begins to, that chapter telling you what kind of people are going to make up the last days. He says, for uh, in the end times, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. I, I can't help but, but look at how everybody's viewpoint is, if you've got social media. Everybody's in love with themselves. Oh, I just got to love myself a little more. Oh, I just got to have more self-love. And, and the Bible says, that's demonic. You come hardwired, you're already in love with yourself. After all, you've got a mirror in the house, don't you? 
Yeah, you like yourself. Don't, don't, don't lie to this preacher. Everybody, that's natural. If everything's going on okay in the mind, you're just born naturally. I eat at 12. You say, what's that mean? I'm in love with myself. <laughs> that just comes natural. I like to eat at 12. That's what I do. That's a rule, you know. You say, what, what, where's that stem from? A love of self-preservation. <laughs> it's natural. You don't have to go overboard with that. It comes natural. But he says, in the last days, men will be overboard with this self-love. But right in the middle of all that, he said they'd be traitors and high-minded and they would uh, uh, lead captive silly women laden with sins. And he said they'd creep into houses and he said they'd have a form of godliness, but then they'd deny the power thereof. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of that, he says, now as Janus and Jambres, and he uses the word now as, so what he's doing is he's including everything he's been talking about, this wicked, perverse, no good, demon-possessed people. You didn't think those people that are running around and doing these heinous crimes and misdeeds was just normal? No, it's demonic, folks. I'm going to prove it. Keep listening. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses... So do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Now the Bible commands us to not give place to the devil. You would find that verse in Ephesians chapter 4, about verse 27, where he says, Neither give place to the devil. What that means. It means don't give the devil a platform so he can share his concept or his viewpoint. You've probably heard the phrase, well, can I play the devil's... I hate that phrase. Don't say that in front of me. Can I just play the devil's advocate? No, you can't. The devil doesn't need no help. He don't need a lawyer to go to bat for him. He's well capable of defending himself. Uh, and none of God's children should be in a church meeting say, and I've been in them. Preacher, can I play the devil's advocate here? Uh, like, really? Really? No. No, you can't. The devil doesn't need a platform. The Bible commands us neither give place to the devil. You know what Pharaoh did? Well, I think, I think the magicians, they need a little equal time. You know, we need to hold a little hands with them here. We need to give them a platform to work. Satan only needs a little place to work. The Bible tells us not to give him a place. The devil, the Bible says, is our adversary. There in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, where he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may be de devour. Satan is our adversary. He said, well, how are you going to tie in the devil into this? Well, I'm going to give you some more scripture. Ephesians chapter 2 says this. And you have he quickened, that means made alive. If you're saved, you've been quickened, made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. But here's my verse, 
verse 2 of Ephesians chapter 2, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, he's talking about the devil, that now worketh in the children, Janus and Jambres, of disobedience. The devil, and by the way, I can prove these two guys were working through the power of the devil because if you've seen in our text there in verse 11, that word enchantment, that word enchantment means the act of producing certain wonders by the act of demons. That's what the word enchantment means. These two guys, Janus and Jambres, the Bible names them, were children of Satan. They were of the wicked one. They were opposed to the things of God. They were opposed to the man of God. Because Satan, their father, is the rebellious one. He hates God. And so these two demon-possessed men, and by the way, everybody that's demon-possessed, when we, when we use that word demon-possessed, we think, maniac of Gadara, that dude was wild. He run, he cut himself, he screamed, you couldn't hold him down, he was in a, put him in a straight jacket, he'd rip that thing off, bind him with chains, he was a chain-breaker. Yeah. All devils don't act like that. All demon-possessed people don't act like that. So these two men, they didn't act like the maniac of Gadara when they come into that throne room. They were like Judas. Remember your Bible? The Bible says that Judas was a devil from the beginning. He was full of the devil, and yet he followed Christ. Uh, uh, he had power. He did miracles through the power of Satan. Oh, he was pious. He was religious. Oh, he didn't miss a service. He didn't miss an opportunity to hear Jesus preach. But I know this about him. The Bible says he never called Jesus Lord. That's because Satan was his Lord. Number two, the Bible says he was a thief. Because he carried the bag. Then he was a liar, the Bible said. And he was a traitor. But boy, he sure looked good in a three-piece suit. He looked good. Walking with those other apostles. That's Janus and Jambres. They were full of the devil. And they had a mission. The Bible is clear to tell us that the devil has power. It says in 2 Thessalonians 2.9, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, talking about the Antichrist, is getting ready to come on the scene, with all power and signs and lying wonders, the devil has real power. And then the Bible says in Revelation 13, 13, he says that the false prophet will be able to do miracles. And a miracle is an event or an effect contrary to the established laws of nature. That false prophet is going to call fire down from heaven. That's pretty convincing, ain't it? He's also going to give life to an image over there. And he's going to be able to deceive the world and to accept in the Antichrist as God. 
That's a lot of power. And he's able to work miracles. Satan's followers also have this power just as Janus and Jambres. Uh, I will warn my people, you don't want to be playing around with the dark side of life. God has set natural boundaries up for a reason. You'll be playing with something you do not know anything about. And it'll get a grip on you, it'll have you, and then it'll control you. No Ouija boards. No, no demonic stuff that's in people's houses sometimes. Get rid of them. That stuff is real. There is a spiritual warfare going on. I've read numerous books on missionaries and what they have to face. And one of the, the, one of the missionaries that comes to my mind is the Jungs. The Jungs were missionaries to Africa. And when they come, we had good conversation. And they showed me a video... They were not allowed to take the video. Had they been caught, it could have cost them their life. But they had a witch doctor come out into a stadium of people. And he was commanding demons to move objects in this arena. And she was showing it. She had a video of it. And this guy had, a, had one of, it looked like a big old, big old straw hat. There's nobody under it. It's sitting there. You can see through it. And he starts doing his deal to it. And all of a sudden that thing picks up. It starts going up and it starts floating around. And it's floating around and levitating. You say, what is that? That's the power of demons. I have a brother-in-law who was a missionary into Mexico. And he says, you got to be careful where you go when you're down. There's a lot of open-air markets. And they were in the need of some, some medicine, some herbs, something like that. And they went to one of those little, uh, what we call them, uh, we call them, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, not yard sales, but that to this... Uh, yeah, the market. Farmer's market up there. And he says, he noticed he got a weird vibe. This person had the herbs they needed. And they turned around and get it. And he happened to peek around the table. And they had a person over top of a five-star pentagram levitated two foot off the ground. Floating there in a trance. I can go on. I've experienced and seen some of these things myself and could spend the rest of this service telling you things that I've actually really seen and experienced. There is a devil. He is a person. He's the enemy of God. And he has demons. And they manifest themselves always through people. Like Janice and Jambri. And they all don't look like some weirdo that we see on these movies about uh, the exorcists or any of that stuff. And don't watch that. That's, that. that's weird. But I will tell you, they don't all look like that. But I do know this. In my experience, none of them like to be exposed. We've had them in this church years gone by. They don't like being exposed. They do not like being exposed. When you go to expose them, they generally run and flee. But not without tearing stuff up before they go. Now, Janice and Jambri, they were Satan's children and followers. Next slide, boys. Now, I'm going to give you three things and we're going to be done. 
that these wicked men and our adversary, the devil, and the Janus and Jambres do. Number one, and we see it here in our text, Satan will minimize the work of God. God will get to working just like God was working here. And Pharaoh, he's looking there and he wasn't impressed. He's like, ah, call so-and-so in here. I bet he can do that. You know what that is? That's minimizing the work of God. They're going to minimize it. They're going to maximize the negative, maximize the evil, but they're going to minimize the good, and they're going to minimize the work of God. Some of you all have seen that these 10 years, 11 years, going on 11 years now that I've been here. These wicked workers, these deceitful people, these witches and wizards and necromancers, and they're demon-possessed, by the way. Palm readers are demon-possessed. If they can truly do what they say they're doing, and they can, they're working with what the Bible calls as a familiar spirit. You say, I don't believe that stuff's true. Let me tell you something. The devil can heal. I got a book running around here somewhere of a testimony of a young lady who was being groomed to be a next healer. And she began to tell the story of the old lady that would heal people and they'd come in. I'm not going to dig into all that, but she would literally watch that lady cutting bones out of people's backs in a back room and putting in a cow bone and putting, putting other things in there and then sewing that person up, saying a few words over, and that person walk out documented. And they were grooming her because she had power with the dark side to be the next witch as this woman passed off the scene but she got saved got born again and she really didn't understand everything that happened to her when she got born again so she went right back into that because they were training her how to do this and that night when she walked into that room and they lit the candles and the room got dark that evil spirit, that familiar spirit, come in there and come into that old lady, and they literally attacked her because they knew, and they kept screaming, there was light, there was light, there was light, there was light in there. And she says it was one of the things that convinced her that she was born again because the devil didn't want her around no more. So yes, that, that stuff is real. People say, well, man, you know, so-and-so, that fault, you called him a false prophet, but he healed somebody. Yeah, the devil has power. We're not looking for signs. The Bible doesn't tell us to look for signs. God deals with the nation of Israel through signs, not us. Somebody heals somebody in front of me. If they're not preaching this book, if they don't line up with this book, I don't care what they're doing. I'm not following it and I ain't believing it. Because the devil, he's going to try to minimize the work of God. Pharaoh gives Janus and Jambres a platform. I say we should never give the devil a platform. We shouldn't give him a platform in our hearts through dirty thoughts, dirty pictures. 
We shouldn't give him a platform in our homes. A lot of homes have a lot of rebellion going on in there. Hate going on in between husbands and wives and families. What is that? That's the devil. You've given him a place. Dirty movies, bad attitudes, hateful actions, and lying. I was telling the teen class today, that's how you can spot these guys. And that's how I've been able to deal and discern church trouble in the past. Is the first party I catch in the lie, I know they're operating on the side of the devil. Because the devil is the father of lies. And so anytime you lie, anytime you want to be deceitful, you've been spending more time with the devil than you have God. And yes, he can manipulate God's children because Ananias and Sapphira were saved. And Peter says, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Right there in Acts chapter 5. Satan, the father of lies, and there should never be any place for the devil to have a platform in God's house. That's why I'm careful who I'm putting in the pulpit. That's why I'm careful who's getting in the pulpit. I want to know a little something about you. I want to know where you come from. I'm just not letting anything get in the pulpit to preach its message of rebellion. Because I'm not going to give the devil a platform. This is God's house. You want a platform for the devil? Start your own church. This is God's house. But Satan mimics the miracles of God. As he begins to minimize the work of God, he begins to mimic the miracles of God. That's what these guys were doing. They come in, they know that they're got to try. The Satan wanted to keep Pharaoh blinded. The Bible says that Satan blinds the minds of men to the light of the glorious gospel. That's what he does. People act like he doesn't do that. He does. And he'll minimize the work of God. There's been some of that these last 11 years. We can go back through our history since we've been here. God's did some, some amazing things in this church that were miracles. Who do you know of that just up and gives church a church a house? We needed a place to live. There was no house for us to live in. God had called us here. Uh, Y'all voted and said, this is of God. This is the Holy Spirit of God. And there was, I said, what are you doing, preacher? I'm coming anyway. You don't have a place to live. I'll live in the church. Two weeks later, I get the phone call. You're not going to believe this, preacher. Yeah, I'm going to believe it. Tell me. God, give us a house. Yeah, and he didn't give us one five miles down the road. He gave us one four doors up. That's a miracle. That's the work of God. But there'll be people that want to minimize that thing. Janice and Jamrys would minimize that. Oh, that ain't nothing. It is something. It is something. <laughs> There's people that's been getting saved. People that God's been working on their heart. And the devil, Janus and Jambres, would like to stand up and minimize that thing. But then they'll begin to try to mimic. They turn their rods into snakes. Yeah, Satan knows a little something about snakes. That was that serpent. This Bible says Satan's a transformer. Believe your Bible. 
2 Corinthians chapter 11 says, don't, don't think it's strange. He said, for Satan himself can be transformed. We all know what a transformer is. He can change his image into an angel of light. He's a transformer. That's why he walks into the garden like a snake. He said, I don't believe that. I think it's figurative. There's Janice and Jambres working again. The devil's got you blinded to the truth. He said, well, the Bible says he's a dragon too. Yeah, he is. He can change. We all watch these movies called Transformers. Don't think nothing about it. We got cars that turned into robots. We don't think nothing about it. But yet this Bible tells you that's been going on for a long time. All of a sudden we don't want to believe it. We want to minimize what God can do. Because they, the Satan mimics it. Did you ever stop to think that your Bible's trying to teach you something over there in Genesis chapter 3? Before sin was in this world, that snakes had feet and arms and could talk, and that the animals can talk? Did you ever stop to think about that? Instead of doubting what you're reading and doubting God's book, why don't you spend some time meditating on it and see how much problem sin has caused on this earth? Lions used to eat straw. They didn't eat meat. God said, when he comes back in the second coming, I'm going to put it back the way it was before sin was in the world. And the lion will lay down with the lamb. And children will play with snakes. And it won't harm them. Don't tell me the devil couldn't turn himself into a snake come walking in the garden. What you need to be thinking about is why did that not shock Eve that an animal was talking to her? Well, preacher, I don't really take the first five chapters in Genesis as literal. I think it's all figurative. Yep, you've been listening to Janus and Jambres again, ain't you? It's to be taken very literal. That's our problem. We won't believe God because the devil's running around mimicking the miracles of God. These boys not only turned their sticks into snakes, and the devil knows a lot about snakes, but they also turned the water into blood because that's the next miracle that God has Moses do to convince Pharaoh and they were able to reproduce that too. And I got news for you. The devil knows something about blood. He sure shed enough innocent blood. The devil mimics what God does. The devil has a gospel. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He says the devil has another Jesus that he pushes. He has another gospel that he preaches, and there's another spirit that those people receive. It's the preaching of easy believe. It's an easy believe in Jesus. A cheap grace Jesus, which does not require repentance. Forgiveness without requiring repentance, baptism without church discipline, communion without confession, absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ. That's a quote from Diedrich Bonhoeffer. He was a preacher. And they asked him, how was the Nazis able to take over Germany? And he says, because the preachers were preaching cheap grace in the pulpits. That's how. 
How is this mess being able to be done here in America? Because we've got soft in the pulpits. That's why. We're, we're, we're spending too much time being positive and not enough time exposing Satan and what he can do. The devil's got his own gospel. He's got his own church. He has a spirit. Satan loves church. And Satan does not like name tags. He don't like labels. After all, he don't want to come in. He's not going to come into the church with a name tag on and say, Hey, hi, I'm Satan. I'm here to deceive you. It don't work that way. Last devil we had in here, back in there, said... Oh, you're the man of God. Oh, you're the man of God. Oh, you're such a man of God. And a week later, she was running me out of her house. I just asked if she had ever been born again. And she come unglued. You know what kind of person will come unglued when you ask them if they've ever been born again by the blood, I happen to say that word, of Jesus? A devil. Oh, there was one that followed Paul and Silas around saying, oh, you need to listen to these men. They're preaching the gospel of Christ. And finally, Paul said, <laughs> he turned around and cast the devil out of her. Braver than I am. I don't like fooling with it. But he was an apostle. Oh, well, she was, she was saying good things. She was full of the devil. The devil. He loves church. He hates labels. But Satan, one last one, he mesmerizes your attention from God. He keeps people from making the right choice. That's what he was doing. That's what these two demon-possessed wizards were doing to Pharaoh. I'd be careful about saying no to God. God will lift the hedge and let the devil have access right to you. Like, oh, I don't like that kind of preaching. I know that's what's wrong with America. Not enough good, right, biblical preaching. Satan will keep you halted between two opinions. You ever see that? Somebody can't make a decision about church and about truth. They're like, well, I don't know. You know, I really need to go talk to my lost, lost friend over here about that. Or, I, you know, I got a preacher on the Internet. Yeah, I know. There's a bunch of them. You got to be careful what you listen to. There's more YouTube pastors now. God didn't call us to be YouTube pastors. Amen. And we live stream. Amen. God's using it. But I'm not a live stream pastor. I'm a pastor of Tree of Life Baptist Church right here. It has a physical location. And God said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And he was not talking about the virtual world. It's great for the shut-ins. It's great for those that can't get out. I got it. God's using it. But I ain't dumb enough to think that the devil can't get in there and try to mesmerize God's people from doing what God has told them to do. Satan, you remember this, is the author of confusion. Because the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. Meaning the opposite, Satan is the author of confusion. I'm just so confused, preacher. You need to get away from Satan. Satan. Or Janice and Jambres. 
Well, I got this friend. He's an atheist, but he's a good old boy. I'd watch that if I was you. The devil's got a Janus or Jambres in your life. This Bible says you have no business fellowshipping with it. Well, you know, I know it's wrong to drink, preacher, but my friends, they, I lo they, they love to drink. You know, I can't judge, and I just go over there, and I party with them, but I don't drink. You will. My friends, they do a little drugs, and it's okay. You know, I ain't doing no drugs. You will. You will. It's a Janus. It's a Jambri. But they're good. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm telling you, you better stick with the Lord, the book. He'll mesmerize you. Pharaoh turned. Look with me in verse 23 and we'll be done. After the magicians turned the water into blood... Pharaoh turned and went into his house. Neither did he set his heart to this also. He's like, ah, that ain't nothing. That ain't no power. My guys can do that. My gods can do that. And the whole time, Janus and Jambres had him mesmerized, keeping from making the right decisions. Let me ask you this. Are you halted between two opinions? Well, I know what the Bible says, but I, 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 I like it this way. Ah, there's more of the devil going on there than of God. Has the devil mesmerized you? Oh, there ain't nothing really going on down there. That's what the devil would like to have you think. Ain't nothing going on down here. I got news for you. God's working. God's doing things down here. God's doing things down here. But the devil would want to try to minimize that in your mind. <clears throat> it would. You know that playground equipment. I didn't ask permission, but I'm sure it's okay. We knew he was going to have to pay to get that put up, right? Pastor said, we need $2,000. That's our, that was something that we set up on faith. And you all been faithfully giving. I think we've got somewhere around $1,200 in on that. Playground equipment cost us $800 and some change. Brother Dennis called me last night or yesterday with the bill for having it set up. He said, are you sitting down, preacher? <laughs> like, well, I'm walking right now. <laughs> Lay it on me, Brother Dennis. <laughs> he says he wouldn't take a dime for it. Said he wanted just to do it for the church. I had figured it'd take three to $500. You say, what is that? Oh, that's the power of God. That's God working. That was us taking a step of faith. I understand where we're living at and what we're doing. And we're, inflation's at an all-time high. And we're barely able to pay tithe, let alone come up with love offerings. But not only did you do that, you took a step of faith. Says, I'm going to put some extra money in there and get this thing done. And took a step of faith. And look what God did. Now, the devil would try to like to minimize that in your mind. That's, that's big because I got news for you. When I owned a business, I wouldn't have done that. 
I probably wouldn't have done that. Because that man has to pay insurance. He's got to pay help. That truck sure didn't get here for free. We tried to pay him. He wouldn't take it. He says, if you get, you put it in a plate. So what is that? Oh, that's God. That's God. Now, the devil would want to minimize that in your mind. Say, oh, that ain't nothing. I'd do that, would you? <laughs> I was glad I didn't have to put it together. I don't think I could have done it. That wasn't easy. And I have a construction background. Mm -mm. That's God. That's a blessing. That's God blessing that's God working there's been people saved the family that got saved they're walking testimony they're they're on vacation they'll be back whole family of them got saved Jeremy and Lisa the kids God's been working I think we got one that's going to join the church this morning church that's God working let's not let Janice and Jamboree's minimize it or mimic it or mesmerize you into thinking that, ah, oh, that ain't really God working. That may be just a coincidence. I told Brother Dennis, these blessings generally come in threes or fours. We were kind of laughing about it. I said, that's right. Amen. Amen. It ain't over yet. We serve a very powerful God. Now, there's a powerful devil, and he's our adversary. And he's looking for a place to work. Let's not give him a place to work here. Let's all stand this morning.